It's the My Michelle Live podcast. The wait is finally over. Oh. Ferociously entertaining. A dazzling escape. Wow. It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. Hey, glad you could join us for My Michelle Live. This is our entertainment review where we look at entertainment news, some movies, movie reviews, and in today's case, we're going to talk about a Pulitzer Prize winning story that is now something you can see on stage. It was one of the best stage experiences I have ever had. I think you'll love it. It's To Kill a Mockingbird. We'll talk with one of the stars of that show. But let me introduce you to the co-host of the show, Adam Holmes. I'm Holt. pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Holmes. He is pretty cool. He's from Plugged In Movie Reviews, and he joins me today. Hello, my friend. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm ready to take it on today. Uh, in fact, Let's it's it. time for us to look into a little news. Entertainment news. Entertainment news. A sad story and a loss to all of us. I think this is, it was shocking to me. Angela Lansbury is the yeah. latest star to die. She was star of some of Disney's films. She was Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. She was a star of Murder, she wrote. She died at the age of 96. And she said one of the most profoundly wonderful things she's ever done was working with Disney. She said there was just a warmth and a goodness there. Maybe she died in time to preserve those memories because in some ways Disney has been coming under fire for their yeah. move away from family friendliness. So it's yeah. there. Yeah, I confess and... Everyone can think really bad thoughts about me after I say this. Oh, we do anyway. It's okay. I, I, okay, get lying <laughs> behind my children. I didn't know she was still alive. And so she's so... Sometimes people get so old that when they die, you're like, holy cow, I didn't even know you were still alive. Right. Anyway, I don't know that that really adds anything to our... I think that was the surprise for me. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. This might not be a surprise. The Kendrick brothers, they have had enormous success with this formula for movie making. And it includes mm -hmm. faith. And it's from an evangelical church's world from an insider's point of view. It's a formula that Hollywood just can't seem to figure out. <laughs> right? And we've seen Flywheel yeah. facing the Giants, Fireproof, Courageous War Room, Overcomer. All of these had enormous success. Even in the mainstream, War Room even climbed to number one in the U.S. during its second week in theater. It really has worked. Well, now the Kendrick brothers are committed to sharing their formula and investing in the next generation of filmmakers so there you go and that is just saying that faith films have come a long way maybe they'll continue to evolve your thoughts and, and let me just say i've had the privilege to talk with them multiple times in interviews that i've done so humble brag everybody pat me on the back um they're really great they're really they are down to earth they are warm they're relational they're funny and genuine. Yeah. And they're genuine. And even in the Christian sphere, you might hope or assume that's true of all Christian celebrities. And I'm not going to name names, but it's not. And so I, 
these are the kind of guys that you really making that kind of investment. And I think they're being good stewards of the success that God has blessed them with and saying, how can we take that and multiply it further? So good on them. Okay, you mentioned something that I think is really important as we try to get to the God story on all of our broadcasts, and that is the church, localism, wherever you go, it's filled with people. And where there's people, there's problems. And that's really difficult because church And I'll raise my hand and get in line at the front of the line, I think. (laughs) And maybe that's one of the problems is we try to pretend we don't have problems, right? Yeah, we go to church and people say, how are you? And we put on our fake little Christian mask and say, oh, everything's wonderful, bless God. Because if it isn't, then maybe you don't have enough faith. There are some serious problems and some serious hurts in church. Now, having said that, though, there isn't serious uh, problems with Jesus, okay? When you can love Jesus and still have problems with his people. We're flawed and we're broken, and I know it is absolutely going to sound like a cliche, but we are all on a journey. And if you would have caught me at certain points in my journey when I was legalistic and perhaps more full of myself than I am now, there was ugliness there. And and I think that we've got to receive grace from God and extend it to others. Thank you. That is on a journey. That's the theme of our show today is a little bit of grace. There's some big mistakes that have been made in this way. I wanted to bring this up because this is a real story that came out of South Carolina where a youth pastor gave these stickers that say, I love hot youth pastors to students. And parents are like, are you kidding me? That kind of made my kid feel uncomfortable and it ticks me off. Now, yeah, no kidding. This youth pastor is now on administrative leave, rightly. Another person from the Christian world that is coming under fire is Kanye again. He's been canceled. He's somehow blamed Jews for some of his canceling. I won't get into it because of time, but a lot of it started with a t-shirt that he was wearing standing next to Candace Owens that says white lives matter. Now, in that alone, why would that be a problem? They take issue with some of the leanings of the Black Lives Matter movement, but for two black Americans to wear T-shirts that say Black Lives Matter, to me, represents, look, let's all come together. It represents, look, we care about you. Thank you for your Black Lives Matter movement and all of that, but you know what? We care about you, too. I think there's some unity in that, but of course that just makes people really angry. And that brings well, me, go ahead. No, I read an article and this wasn't talking about the anti-Semitic things that he has said, which are a different category of problem. <laughs> yes. Um, and they are a problem, but it, it basically said one of art's functions in society is to provoke. Now we could have a separate conversation about that. But this particular article said, because of the ascendancy of woke and progressive thought, anybody who actually tries to be legitimately provocative outside of those lines gets canceled. And they said, wait a minute, the counterculture grew out of wanting to provoke us to think differently. 
But now the counterculture is in the ascendant and they won't tolerate any deviation <laughs> yeah. from the orthodoxy that they have established. It was a pretty interesting article. It's a very so, good point yeah. and one that is vital to the future of America, yeah. to be really honest. And it brings me to, I guess, to the review part of our show today. And that is a play that I had the privilege of seeing in my hometown now it be, will be coming to a city near you. It's called To Kill a Mockingbird, and it's based on a Pulitzer Prize-winning piece of novel fiction that was written many years ago. Now, this is an astounding book. It was a good movie. You can find a review at pluggedin.com if you just put in To Kill a Mockingbird. And this production stars a very familiar face to many of us, Richard Thomas, who we know from John his Boy. iconic role as John Boy. He <laughs> was masterful. This was such an important... See, I didn't know he was still alive either. But okay, there, there you go. Oh my Still gosh, alive. what is wrong with you? That is hilarious. <laughs> a lot of things, actually. I know, right? And that's why I love you. That's why we're good friends, my friend. This was a wonderful production. In a few moments, we're going to be speaking with Yagel T. Welch, who plays Tom Robinson in this production. It's really a story of, in the height of racism, some very racist people that falsely accuse a very obviously not guilty black man of raping a girl, a young white girl. And it also highlights the people, both white and black, who stand against this ugliness. But what it highlights is something that seems to be the theme of our show today, Adam, that there needs to be grace, that hate can go both ways and love should go both ways as well, that we all have to examine the hate within us and choose a better path. I love the production and we'll talk more about it, but my goodness, what a ride that was. You have a couple of movies that look so promising this week. And as movies have been going lately, I'm almost scared to get excited about them. But today we're going to be talking about Lyle the Crocodile and Catherine Called Birdie. So it's all about animals. All about animals. So Lyle Crocodile is based on the children's book of the same name. And it is, shocker, it's about a crocodile. And Lyle is initially, I guess you would say, owned by a a sort of wannabe P.T. Barnum-ish showman named Hector P. Valenti. He's a magician. He's a performer. He's not very good, but he wants to be rich and famous, and he wants to get on one of these reality TV talent programs. And of course, he's got to exploit Lyle. Exactly. But Lyle who is voiced by Shawn Mendes and who has an incredible singing voice because of that, Lyle has a little problem. He is, he's crippled by stage fright. So it turns out that uh, Hector has to leave his apartment in New York City. He leaves Lyle behind, which is actually weirdly disturbing if you think about it for very long. And a family known as the Prim family moves in and young Josh Prim meets Lyle, who's been left abandoned up in the attic, and uh, antics ensue. Let's take a little look at the trailer. This is my crocodile, Lyle. Please take good care of him. 
He's not dangerous. He's a crocodile. He's just lonely like me. Hey, you awake yet? He can't talk, but he can sing. At the top of the world tonight. Oh, that looks like so much fun, is it? It is. It yeah. is fun. And not only is it fun, they managed to stay away from woke social issue. You Okay, so Lyle isn't LGBTQ oh, or... I'm sure that you could import that message in if you wanted to, but it's... It's, a, it's nice to not have to talk about that, except I'm still talking about it because it happens so much that yeah. when it doesn't happen these days, that's a news story. Wow. So, good point. Wild Wild Crocodile. And it's also, I should say, it's done. The music is written by the same guys that did Greatest Showman. So if you like Greatest Showman, this has in some ways kind of a similar vibe. Ooh, I like it. I like it. All righty. So let us go to another movie that looks like it is right up my alley. I'm pretty, I'm actually excited about this because I like history pieces and such. And yeah. it is Catherine Called Birdie. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Catherine Called Birdie is a British period piece that definitely feels like a Jane Austen kind of story. And okay. those stories almost always revolve around precocious young women who refuse to play by the rules. And Catherine, whose nickname is Birdie, and this is based on a book by the same name, definitely fits that stereotype. She's 14 and her dad is getting ready to marry her off because she has come of age and she's not very happy about it and she pushes back pretty hard on it so it's it definitely is a movie i think about feminism in the best sense of that word and i think feminism is a word that can get a bad rap sometimes and maybe deservedly so but i think that we also have to talk about the good kind of feminism if i can say that as a man and this movie deals with that let's take a listen where is the Lady Catherine? I've come here to propose marriage. A man has come and asked for me by name. You cannot mean our Lady Catherine. She's a vile creature. Some say she has a third ear. She does. Have you seen this third ear? I've seen it. Where? Back of her neck. Is it functional? Spare. Spare. I'm not interested in meeting him nor any man with his intentions. See our Would I choose to die rather than be forced to marry? I do not think either option appealing or fair. I just think it looks like fun. I laughed out loud just watching the trailer. So I have high hopes for Catherine called Birdie. Yeah. And I think that this is a movie that has a lot going for it. I think one bit of information, I hesitate to even call it a caution. There's quite a bit of frank discussion about biology when Catherine first gets her period. And Frank, in terms of they, they have a, there's a lot of dialogue about it. And so I think this is one that if you have younger girls that maybe you haven't had that conversation or you don't want to talk about that subject in the context of a movie, it's good to be aware of that ahead okay. of time. Okay. So. And that's good. Or if you would like to have that conversation, exactly. um, using, utilizing a movie yeah. to have that, it sounds like a yeah. plan to me. It's just a nice way to open up that door of conversation. So two yeah. winners, two thumbs way, way up because I'm excited to see a couple of good films that look fun and, and enchanting of one yeah. for kids and family, one for maybe adults, but there you go. Love, love, love it. 
It's good stuff. And we are just moments away from delving into behind the scenes of To Kill a Mockingbird, a spectacular, a spectacular production. You will not be disappointed. It is enjoyable, entertaining, acted, and profoundly thought-provoking for absolutely everyone. And one of the best stage productions I have ever seen. The Broadway tour is coming to a town near you. So in just a moment, we're going to be talking with Yeagle T. Welch. He plays Tom Robinson. And we are going to thank our co-host of the day, Adam Holtz, for joining us today. Anything on the horizon that we can look forward to? Yeah, we've got Ticket to Paradise, which is George Clooney and Julia Roberts next week. And Black Adam. And I will also say, and this is parallel to Kill a Mockingbird, this week the movie Till, T-I-L, is out. And it's the story of Emmett Till, who was brutally Mm -hmm. murdered in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And in some ways is a very parallel story to the kind of themes that we see in To Kill a Mockingbird. So hard movie, but really important story. I like it. Thank you, Adam. It's great to know that you're going to see a film or a stage production or being entertained and just checking out for a couple hours. But when you can walk away with something profound, it is even better. There's a Pulitzer Prize winning piece of fiction that is hailed as one of the best books of the 20th century. It's called to Kill a Mockingbird. You may have heard of it. If you haven't, get out of the rock, from under the rock. It's been around since 1960. And star of stage, screen, and, well, now podcasting, Yagle T. Welch plays Tom Robinson, and he is our guest. You are part of the national tour of To Kill a Mockingbird, and I am so delighted to have you with me. Oh, it's so much my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I wanted to show on screen for those who are watching this tour. It's starting in San Francisco, going all across the country, Albuquerque, Denver, Minneapolis, Dallas. You have quite a lot going on, and it opened in September, correct? We opened in San Francisco in September. We actually opened the tour in Buffalo in March. Oh, okay. So you've been touring quite some time, and what a role. You've played quite a few roles on the small screen, big screen, stage. How did you feel about getting the role of Tom? It was a gift to my life. One one of my goals in the work that I do is to do work that is socially relevant and aware and that transforms people. And one thing that this book and this part particularly has done has transformed people in every iteration that it's been in from the book to the movie and now to this great stage play, because I know that it's going to have a social impact. And the beauty is that it's an unfortunate social impact because the things that are happening in this book, unfortunately, are still happening. But that just means that's more of the reason we need to hear the story and tell the story. So it's, it's been a gift. A gift, yeah, because hate is really at the bottom of this story. It's basically a story of a black man who is falsely accused of rape. And there's lessons in it. There are good people in it of all colors. And there are bad people who let hate color justice. And I love that because in watching a story, it can convict 
all of us because hate really knows no bounds. And in our society, we can hate people racially and we can hate people who we think are have racial issues, even if they may not. We just are, we look for hate everywhere we can find it. And if we look hard enough, we will find it. I have a new phrase that I want to live by. Don't be the hate you think you see in the world. Oh, that's good. Just say it. Just say it. So To Kill a Mockingbird brings us back to some profound traditional values of love and is timeless. So let's talk a little bit about what you hope this new iteration of an old classic will do for us as a people. I think if people can leave this play with one thing, I think it's with a greater sense of empathy for a struggle that isn't your own. What was happening in the South in the 1930s and in America was there was a lack of civil rights and we were living by a system called Jim Crow. Now, people could just live by those rules and especially if they had the, if they were on the winning side of that, if they were on the side that had the power, they could just keep moving forward and saying, hey, that's the way it is. You were born this way, I was born this way, these are my rights. Or we could have empathy, or we could look at something and say, oh, wait, how they are living, how they are coexisting, the conditions that they work on, the salaries they get paid, it's not fair. I always think that you don't have to be a woman to care about women's rights. You don't have to be gay to care about LGBTQA plus rights. You don't have to be an immigrant to care about immigrant rights. You just have to be human and see something faulty happening on the other side and the desire to help change it, even if it costs you because it's correct. Yeah, it's, that's beautiful because that transcends politics. I think there are mm-hmm. things that we can get caught up in the minutia of how we live out justice. Mm-hmm. Those are things that should be debated, not canceled, but debated. But at yes. the heart of what you just said is that empathy. You don't have to agree with someone's lifestyle to see them as beautiful, precious, uh, created in the image of God, if you will, and mm-hmm. worthy of humanity and worthy of love. You don't have, when you see someone that you maybe disagree with or don't understand to have that kind of empathy and to, to think about how can I be the change I want to see in the world. So that's to me, the heart of To Kill a Mockingbird and the beautiful story, how you have must have come together already since you've been working together since March with your cast and crew is always mm-hmm. interesting because we're going to see the production. And after this, yeah. everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, we have a new friend on stage. We're going to go and see him. <laughs> I want to hear some of the backstories, some of the interesting people that you work with and some of the fun stories that happen that we don't get to see in the audience. There's just one. We're working with the great Richard Thomas, um, Emmy Award winning actor who has been around for decades. He's been in this business since he was a kid. He did his first Broadway play when he was, I think, nine or 10 years old and rose to fame with the Waltons playing John Boy. Yeah. And that, that leads to a lot of just fun one he's just the most humble actor brings lightness and levity into the room and makes it such a playful and joyous workspace and he's just a hell of a guy we're so lucky to have him as the captain of our ship he plays Atticus Finch of course the iconic role created on screen by Gregory Peck in the movie in the 1960s and he gets to originate the role on tour and that's just a wonderful person to have around and good night John Boy (laughs) he has so many fans who grew up with him on that show (laughs) <laughs> and I, I like I always wait and then the way 
People look at him just in awe. Like they just want to make eye contact with him. They just want the way they wait for him at the stage door afterwards. And he's always so gracious and kind and able to sign autographs. And we also have in this particular production from the 1964 movie, the woman who played Scout was a little girl. She's played by Mr. Bose in our play. I didn't know that. Yes. And we actually have a huge part of Mockingbird history. She was Academy Award nominated for a long time. She was the youngest person to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. And she, yeah, it has been traveling around with us the entire tour. And she's such a joy to have around because her name is Mary Battle. She's such a joy to have around because she's such a beacon of history. And she's dedicated her life to the message of To Kill a Mockingbird, which is wow. ignorance is the root of hate. Ignorance is the root of evil. Yes. And she wants to educate the world and kids. It's her passion uh, on, on being educated about other people and, oh, and basically that. what I was saying about it, becoming more empathetic. Yeah. These are just great people just to say you're in the room with. You never know that you're going to be working with an Academy Award nominee on a very day-to-day casual oh. basis, but that's how, my life. How <laughs> I love that. How I love that. Yeah, what a story because that's what we need. We need to educate. We need to open dialogue and conversation. Mm-hmm. And we've just gotten to the point where we just cancel and blame and it's gotten worse. And here in the midst of it is to kill a mockingbird. Okay, personal question. Did you grow up at all watching the Waltons? No, I didn't grow up watching the Waltons. That was a few generations before. There's reruns. My own. There is reruns. But the Waltons, were, you know what was in reruns when I was growing up? Up, it was a little house in the prairie oh there you go and yeah so i definitely remember seeing that in reruns with the waltons no i didn't grow up i've seen some of the waltons now because i'm working with Richie. yeah is he I, he was a bona fide teen heartthrob in the 70s and it's funny i look back and i go richard he was like oh yeah that guy because <laughs> i'll make fun of him sometimes i'll be like oh who's this guy he doesn't take himself serious like that anymore at all but so many of his fans remember him very vividly yeah. from his work. But he's also, even currently, he was just starring in the, the series Ozarks. And so there's a lot of people who know him from that. But he's done so much overall. He's had a steady career for all these years. So it, he's just got a, a legion of fans of people who are coming not only for the story, but to see him, which <laughs> is great for us. It is, of course. It's great to see it, but it's great to see his humility, his humility about everything. That's what's really great. And that um, even as we were working on the, it translates absolutely as we were working on the play the way he sought direction the way he sought to work and collaborate with other actors to in, in just such a humble way it's i want to yield the floor to you because of your experience but he's no we're doing this together and i appreciate that so much it's a model it's how i want to model myself if i'm ever in his position let's talk about yourself for just a moment i want to hear a little bit about your journey what brought you to the acting world what was a little bit maybe something that from your youth when did you decide yeah i want i'm going i want to be on stage and screen i was a a a weird kid, a, a little off the beaten path as I was discovering life. I think I lived more in my imagination than I did <laughs> in reality. In, in the present, I was very underconfident. And when I learned that there was a woman when I was in high school, her name was Michelle Grotness, and she was our drama teacher. When I took a drama class with her and when I, we were doing the work, I really felt heard. And I really realized that mm-hmm. art was the way that my my voice got heard, that I could tell stories that I could communicate most effectively. And I just sort of fell in love with it from that first drama class. And I 
rallied to get into the advanced drama class because they were doing the full length plays. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. And she said I should audition. So I, with no experience or anything, learned a monologue from a play called My Children, My Africa. And yeah, she said after I did it, I, I pieced together an African accent that I learned from television. And after I did the monologue, she was like, you really want this, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. And there I was in the advanced theater class. Now, cut to 2000 and, uh, 2006. I am working in a restaurant. I finished grad school. I'm working in a restaurant and I've been working there like nine or 10 months and I'm just having the worst day on the floor. But I had gotten this audition for this play about two weeks ago but it was like a nine page monologue. And I was so upset that somebody would send us nine pages to memorize and do as a monologue for an audition for a play that you might not even get. Well, it turns out the play was My Children, My Africa. It turns out I did book the part and I so it was the first part I booked professionally in New York City. And it was also the play that got me interested in acting that got me into the advanced class. I have a history. Now I could say the same thing. Ironically, what got me my union card when I was in my first grad program at Brandeis University was doing a tour of To Kill a Mockingbird. (sighs) Cut to now where I get to now tour nationally To Kill a Mockingbird around the country on a grander scale. My first tour was just around the Boston area. And now I'm touring this play nationally. And so I don't know, there's something. When you're doing the right thing, when you're doing what you're called to do, when you find your voice, hone in your passion and know where you're Mm -hmm. going, like hone in the GPS, things do line up because that's what you're called to do. It's so exciting to hear that because it's hope for other people who have a passion inside of them. They're trying to find their voice and get it out there. They can know that if you take the right steps, if you train, if you learn from people, if you find your superpower, uh, things line up. So you're a voice of encouragement, sir. Yes, I, I'm a testament. I really believe that when you really want something, all the universe conspires so you can achieve it. There you go. Uh, that's not me. That's Paulo Coelho, the alchemist, but I believe that phraseology so much because that's how things have worked in my life. It just cosmically comes together. And with all the work and all the fears and all the successes, it all leads to, and the failures, they all lead to where you're at today. The which Yes, the failures yeah. are part of your superpower because it strengthens you. It helps you to understand where you can be better later on. I mm. love, love, it's what you do. In my book, Find, which is actually called Find Your Voice, I share something that happened on Broadway that I think you will love. I was watching Les Mis, and as they were having the revolution sing, and they're singing Red and Black, the actor stands on a chair and he falls and you could see his ankle visibly snap. And so all of the magic is gone for a moment because everyone's going, (gasps) right? Without Mm -hmm. missing a beat, that actor with pain on his face grabs the chair, barely stands up, smashes it to the ground and yells, La Revolucion! And the whole crowd in unison gets up and just screams. And from that moment on, we were transfixed for the rest of the musical. And that, to me, is an example of life. In life, you're going to fall as an actor. You're going to fail or make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with it that counts. And maybe that's the bigger lesson of to kill a mockingbird in life we're going to fail we're going to make mistakes and this this could cost a life but if we learn from our mistakes and we grow we can be a better people 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think failure is how you get great. Failure is how you grow. I, if you're constantly just winning at everything, I don't know that you're really learning or reinventing <laughs> it or making it better. Feels good. If it, Yeah, it feels good, but are you evolving what's already been done? I think a, a big part of a big part of life is getting a book of rules and then figuring out how to make them better and grow them and expand them, expand the boundaries of what people saw. So these rules are no longer quite as relevant. And I think that's what we have to do with art and life and science and education is keep expanding the rules and making something better. And with that comes a lot of failure. <laughs> it just happens. Like you fail and then you get up and you're better for it. And then you find the answer. And then you're really glad you didn't stick with your first answer. <laughs> that first thing that, <laughs> you know. I cannot thank you enough for making time today to get to know you beyond your work when we see you as the star, but to see you as the person is so enchanting. And when we, when anyone who's listening or watching today, when they go and see you and to kill a mockingbird, I just think it it gives that personal connection. It's that's my buddy up there. (laughs) So I I want to thank you. Just bless you and thank you and keep up the good work. Keep finding and expressing your voice, my friend. It's just been a delight. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you keep inspiring. It was wonderful to be on your show today. You're a delight to talk to. Absolutely. Remember to check out To Kill a Mockingbird at killamockingbirdbroadway.com. Like us, share us, subscribe. God bless you. More entertainment at mymichellelive.com.